All right, welcome back to the Morning Brushback. This is episode 64, and we've got a great guest today. Anthony Silkwood is with us. He is a current Louisville baseball player. He is a pitcher there, and he has a really interesting backstory. So, Bobby, fill us in a little bit about Mr. Silkwood. Yeah, so right out of high school, he enlisted in the Marines, did that, and then I think he said about eight months with left in his uh with his service, he decided we're gonna take on baseball and we're gonna try it. Uh, did the junior college route, now he's at the University of Louisville. Really awesome story. I mean, it's not, not your typical uh, not your typical college baseball players route. Yeah, absolutely. So we, we covered a lot of topics. He, uh, he got Tommy John surgery his second year into college baseball. He's been to a couple of junior colleges, talks about a lot of the people who have mentored him and really helped him, and also just his learning curve. So he knew and I think, uh, and he spoke to this, that, you know, his experience in the military, just learning new processes and, and diving in and being mentally tough and all that, I think, served him really well because he had to basically go from, he was a position player in high school. He had to go from position player and then five years removed being in the military to suddenly being a pitcher, getting in shape, learning how to pitch, developing new pitches and getting hitters out. So Pretty impressive to be able to do that in such a short period of time because he's still not that far removed from being in the Marines, which is crazy. Yeah, he's definitely, you know, I think his story is a good one of perseverance for a lot of kids that are trying to figure out their way, especially in the pitching. When you, you know, pitching is a lot of ups and downs. You're struggling. Absolutely. You're trying to, learn, trying to learn yourself. His story is awesome. I mean, 2017, he gets out of the military. It's 2020s on the campus of University of Louisville, which is top five school in the country for baseball. I mean, they've got, as he speaks to, national championship aspirations. So to 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 come that far in that short of time, it's it'd be really good for a lot of the high school players that that listen to this podcast that have a lot of takeaways from. Yeah, well, one of the things he mentions, and I'm sure this is why Louisville took him and why some of the early, because he said he struggled to find anyone who would take a chance on him at right out of the Marines that they just laughed at him on the phone. You know, oh, you got this 26 year old guy like or 25 year old guy at that time. Like, why would we like, why would we want you on a program? Um, but the Testament to him is like his makeup, his character, right? I mean, this is a guy that can be a leader that does everything the right way is very process oriented. And the real question is who wouldn't want more guys like that on their baseball roster. Right. I mean, again, just, just speaking or listening to him speak, it's clear that he's very focused, very in control of everything he does prepares well, um, you know, treats everyone else with, else with respect, works hard, and knows what it takes to get the best out of himself. Yeah, he's he's definitely someone you need to look up to if you're if you're in that limbo mode of whether or not you want to play baseball, whether or not you want to pursue some of your dreams. I mean, this is this is kind of the the baseball dream, right? To go from I don't want to say rags to riches, but you go from totally out of the game for five six years to now almost the height of college baseball. It's a really cool story. I think everyone's really going to enjoy it. Yep. So without further ado, we're going to jump into our conversation with Anthony Silkwood. All right, Anthony, thanks for joining us, man. Good to have you on the show. Oh, no, it's awesome to be here. So w tell me real quick. So obviously we've asked, we've had uh, Will Franco, uh, University of Maryland coaches on our show recently. And we were, first question to him was about COVID. So as a current college baseball player, what does it look like playing high level baseball with COVID right now? 
Um, it's, it's pretty different. Um, as far as like the daily routine kind of changed a little bit this is obviously my first year here. So I don't really know what it was like last year. Um, but here it's a lot of, you know, minimizing like contact and stuff like that. Not being able to enjoy like the locker room times, like doing stuff like that. Um, so it's a little different, but it's also, it kind of gets you into routine, like doing constant checks, doing, you know, COVID tests all the time, stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely different. Um, it's definitely like a different pace thing. You got kids from high school that kind of react to it a little differently. Um, but I mean, it's just like a net, another added step to doing the things we normally do anyways. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, it hasn't really changed too much. Classes is the biggest change. Um, all my classes are online. Some guys have them in class, um, but all mine are online. So, it's so what do you, bad. what do you do the, the whole day when you're not at practice, you're just stuck in your, in your dorm, your apartment and just doing zoom class. Oh yeah. So like I'm doing classes online. Um, so I'm like always doing that. I'm in Spanish. So then I'm basically trying to be bilingual now at age 27. So I, I got to figure out how to do that. So I take a lot of time doing Spanish and stuff like that. And then, um, pretty much doing that, doing therapy and stuff like that. So we're, we're, we stay pretty busy, but yeah, instead of being at class, I'm at home in my apartment doing, you know, a Zoom class. So talk to me about that. That's a really interesting major. I think it's a really valuable major because if anyone who's got like their ear to the ground and in, in like the pro baseball circles, especially right now, it's important to learn Spanish if you're going to be in pro baseball someday. And I don't know if, if coaching is ever in your, in your future. Obviously, you've got a lot of uh, your career left still to play, but why are you uh, why are you choosing Spanish? So I'm a criminal justice major, but like I need a, I need a language. And so I was like, OK, I'll take Spanish. So I got to take at least a year of it. And then um, I'll probably take another semester of it just to kind of get into like the writing side of things. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I at first I was like, OK, this sucks. I, you know, I took French in high school. But then now that I'm starting to like kind of pick up on it and you hear people talk like on videos and stuff, you start picking up words and, and what they're saying a little bit. It definitely helps. And I think. I think for sure, you know, and, and I, after I'm done playing, like I don't, I definitely want to get into the coaching realm, you know, of things. And it's like, it's just not, it's going to do nothing but help me at the end. So it, it's definitely, it's definitely um, like a positive for sure. You guys yeah. have any other, you have any other players that speak Spanish on the team? You can bounce it off. I mean, it's not, it's different than pro ball. Obviously we're half the team's right. fluent in Spanish. Um, Not really. Um, We don't have any, yeah, we don't have any Spanish speakers on our team. Um, there's some people around here that I've, I've had helped me and like kind of talk to a little bit, but it's actually a pretty cool little thing that they do online. It's like very interactive third-party sites. It's it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's it's just different. Yeah, I'd be curious what Spanish looks like today. Like I took it last in middle school, and it was impossibly boring. Uh, also difficult, but it's funny. I retained actually a decent amount of it. And then my sister's, uh, taught, uh, English in Spain for like a year, year and a half, uh, back in like 2010. And my family visited over Christmas to spend the holidays with her. And even in those just like 10 days, the amount of like came back to me just being like immersed in it because where she lived in Granada and then Sevilla, um, it was not like very touristy. So like the airport was like a hundred percent Spanish. And, uh, I actually, after just a week of kind of like being immersed in it, like enough kind of like came back where I actually got stranded in the airport because my flight got uh, snowed in. Cause there was like a huge blizzard in Philly. And I had to like call someone and get a, a taxi and get a hotel room. 
and I did all that in Spanish. So, and I like, that was literally from my middle school Spanish experience. So I'm sure it's like way better today. And you'd be surprised how much that'll probably help you, especially if you get to the point where, you know, you're actually able to talk it with other people, which, um, you know, America is becoming more and more bilingual by the day. So. Right. Yeah. And just be able to, you know, communicate like at least the basics of it. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I played my first junior college, I played with the guys that are from Puerto Rico and they, their English was so broken. And it's like, I felt, I felt kind of bad. It's like, you know, I, I have a hard time with school. Like, everybody has a hard time with school as it is. These kids don't even know oh, English. It's so hard. Yeah. yeah. So hard. These, you know, and then, you know, I, I'm reading one of their papers and it's like, and they, they write how they talk and it's like, Oh God. So it's, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Well, most other languages don't use as many words. I feel like in the, like English is, there's so many filler words. Whereas when you'd say I took Italian in high school, which I know nothing in Italian, but I feel like they just hit the main points and move on. Like they sure. you kind of decipher. I actually took sign language in college. So talk about like you're taking uh, Spanish, talk about not understanding a language <laughs> and then also missing it, missing half the classes for baseball. You're taking the tests were all dead silent sign language. So if you don't know, if you don't know anything, you just don't know. There's no, like, there's no context clues in sign language. Oh yeah. No. And that's how, and our Spanish test. So it's like, they put us in a video, like just like this. And it's like, okay, talk. It's like, it's, it's <laughs> good luck. Yeah. It's just, interesting. they'll ask you questions and you answer them. It's, it's pretty fun. It's really fascinating how hard it is just to talk when uh, you don't have anything to say. Like when you're, like I, I help some folks do like YouTube videos and other things. And when we're like testing mics and such, it's like, Hey, can, can you talk real quick? And you like literally have no idea what to say. It's like, uh, I'm talking right now. Like I'm talking like, whereas people just blabber on about nothing for hours to each other. But then when you're on the spot and you need to just actually just say words, just, you know, just to get them out, it's really hard. Um, but so let's let's get into some of uh, the reason that you're still in college. So obviously you have a really interesting journey through uh, through life and baseball at this point. So you're back in college baseball. You're playing for one of the best programs in the country at age 27. So fill us in a little bit about how you got to Louisville, um, your path through the military, and then junior college, and then all the way back. Okay, so I'll kind of, I'll start with like you know I so I joined the military in 2012. And I graduated high school in 2011, you know, in 2011, I entered the, it's called the delayed entry program. It's nothing more like than you go swear in and it's like, okay, you swear in now. And then they give you a date to leave. My date was like four months after I sworn in. So that's why it took so long. Um, so I left at 19. Um, but no, I, I didn't even pitch in high school really. Like I, I played shortstop until my senior year Then I played third base and then did my time in the Marines. And I, about two years in, I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing in the world. Like, I'm going to do this for years to come and and whatnot. And then I deployed in my third year. So, like, 2014, 2015 through the Middle East. Did all that. Um, then I was watching uh, Mitch Harris throw, like, on my laptop and whatnot. He was in the Navy for five years. So, like, I was, I was like, deployed. I was watching him. And he was – that was when the Cardinals were running through the playoffs. And he was he was part of the bullpen for that. So it was pretty cool to watch. And he started, and I started thinking, I'm like, wow, like I wish I would have played college, you know, and you start, you start seeing guys you played against. Like I played against Jacob Rizzi, and he's now a standout in the 
uh, in the AL. So it's one of those things where it's like, I started watching it and then I got back, got back and really, um, kind of sat down and kind of figured out like, okay, you know, this isn't really what I want to do. I want to do, there's more than my life that I want to accomplish and, and, you know, you know, give and do. So then I started thinking about it. And, um, about that time I decided to get out, um, my entire time I was in, like people, people ask all the time. They're like, did you throw like baseball was like while you're in? No, I played, no, I played softball, like slow pitch softball every weekend. And so was it, it, so was it kind of an abrupt change? So you said like, you're really excited about the military a couple years in, and then was it just seeing Mitch Harris on TV or was it something else? Was it like a slow falling out of love with it or was it abrupt? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. It, it was kind of, it's kind of abrupt a little bit, for instance, um, but it's also kind of different. You, you get into it and, you know, it's just like with everything you have, you have good leaders, you have bad leaders. You know, right when I joined, I had great leaders. And then I started getting promoted and I started kind of looking around how things were going. And it was just one of those things where it was like, I, I don't want to become that. I want to do that. Um, and then I was able to get put with some really great ones again. And it was just like, I started realizing there was more that I wanted to come. Like I wanted a degree. I wanted to do, like, I wanted to do federal law enforcement. So like in order to do that, I needed a degree. Um, so it's like, you start looking at all the things that like, okay, you know, am I enjoying what I'm doing now? Or am I doing it because it's what I have to do? So I, at first it was like, Oh, I really love this. It's a huge change. You know, I'm living in North Carolina. You know, I had a jet ski. I would drive every weekend or yeah, ride on every weekend. So it's like, I was living the dream. And then, you know, you start realizing, okay, like, is this the dream or is this just like a, you know, something I'm just doing right now? Yeah. Like a pit stop. So, oh, yeah. so you, did you feel kind of like your superiors had kind of a big bit of control over your life and that you didn't want to have kind of be in that flux where you have great leadership and you feel really good about your time in the military. But then when, you know, and I think people go through that with their bosses and, the corporate world too, right? People love their jobs because of the people they work with. Is it, is it kind of like that? Yeah. So I'm a very big people person. And the thing with that is, is like the people in the military, your, your superiors, they have so much control over your whole, basically your whole life. If, if, if I'm like, I'm going to make a career out of this and the person in charge of me just does not like me. And like, it's just, it's just looking for something like this never really happened to me, but I, I saw it happen. And it's like, they'll find any way to put negative paperwork on you. And that, that takes an effect of your promotions and takes into effect of your, you know, being able to achieve the goals you want to achieve in the military. And it's like, you know, the biggest one was when the, the snipers got caught hearing on the bodies in, in Afghanistan, I believe Afghanistan. And then the Colonel who wasn't even there got fired. So it's like you, that stuff like that happens. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I, you know, I'm, I don't want to put my whole life in the hands of, other people's opinions. And that's kind of what it was going to be. But I mean, I had, I had really good ones. I had some ones that I probably would never want to be like. And then I have some that towards the end that were absolutely amazing. Gotcha. What were some of the, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, was there, so when you're in the, you're in the Marines, right? Is there a, a, do you guys play softball? Like you said, you play softball on the weekends. I know Navy's got like boxing. You could join, you know, you join, you, you're a boxer you have to pick some kind of activity is there a baseball team like is there guys that play fast pitch hardball baseball no so the year that i joined so like the marine corps that like everything else yeah they take budget cuts and stuff like that there's other funds that that fund like things like that so like 
they used to have a Marine Corps baseball team. They used to have a, like a Marine Corps baseball team, Air Force baseball team, but they got rid of that in 2011. So like when I joined, all they had was like slow pitch softball. They had like the, the marathon runners. They had the, you know, the box, obviously the boxing and stuff like that. So I was able to play softball, got a good group, good group of friends. And, you know, we played, um, we were called next time. We played every, every weekend. And then at the end of my time, you know, my, my last six months, or so I was in, I got to play on the U or the Marine Corps team and we played. So like the Marine Corps team plays the air force team, the Navy team and the um, army team. And then they select, you know, the best guys and they go play for team USA. And we got to play against like the guys who like get paid to play softball or whatever. And I got, I made that team and played third base. Um, and that was an absolute blast. So we got to go to like Oklahoma and Texas to do that so it was an absolute blast for that kept me yeah, i feel like i feel like third base and slow softball is terrifying it, like, oh, how yeah. are you alive how are you alive I, i'll tell you what there was a ball that went past my head like there's no way i would have caught like touched <laughs> it anything but my face that's how i imagine it like so like such crazy reaction time like your gloves on the way up and it's past you oh yeah and like i'm playing like i'm playing back like in the grass and like it's 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 just you know, all, all, like every time I played softball, I always played third base. And, you know, everybody else are drinking beer, having fun. I was petrified to drink beer because <laughs> I don't want to lose my face. Like I didn't, if I'm like, you know, my personality is okay, but like if my face gets jacked up, like I'm, I'm having a hard life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's not good. It's really, your looks are, your looks are getting you by at this point. Oh yeah. I mean. Thank God I don't. Thank God I age well. God, if I looked like I was, if I had a receding hairline or something, I'd be, I'd be having a hard time. You'll be, you'll be all right. Don't worry. If I was, yeah, if I was bald. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny though. I, you know, like whenever I would have a female friend who'd be like, "Hey, I'm thinking of playing softball. Like, got any tips?" I'd be like, "Don't you play the infield? Get, yeah, yes. get your butt in the outfield. Like, if you're not, if you're not a really capable player." those balls come off the bat so fast. It's terrifying. And I, like, I, I, I wonder around the country as you know, with all this co-ed softball, which is awesome. I just wonder how many injuries there are from just people who didn't play baseball. Like you mix in some like ex players who can swing a bat with people that just are, you know, don't have the reaction time and the coordination, the glove work. I just wonder how many like awful injuries there are. It's really scary. So I've seen some pretty bad ones. I've seen guys get in the face. I've seen guys. I hit a guy pretty hard one time in the tournament. Hit him right in his, um, right in his groin, and he he went down. And he was like, somebody shoot that guy. Like he was not happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's. I, I don't. I didn't even play coed. I hit a ball, and it. You know, I never tried hit it to females, and I hit a ball, and it kind of scared me. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. So I, yeah, no, it's definitely it's definitely interesting. So you didn't really get to play much. Uh, so you played softball a lot, but there are no like baseball skills being built. No, um, there was, no, just the competition thing was, was basically mm-hmm. what I maintained. I'm all of a very competitive guy. So like we just had a good time. That's where I began. That's where I learned how to chirp um, for sure, which is a necessity as a pitcher in college. Is it, is it though? Ab- absolutely. Guys, it, it, it would be the most boring. If you don't know how to talk junk a little bit, Pitching is the most boring thing ever. It's the yeah. most boring thing regardless. I mean, if we're all being honest with each other. It's a right. lot of downtime. It's a lot of downtime. Exactly. Yeah, but it's the best life. Bob, oh, I know you're yeah. getting excited right now, but this is water. 
This is water, Bob. I thought it was drinking galore. I know you're getting excited. Um, so Anthony, tell, <laughs> tell us about the end of your military career. So when did you feel like you set, you've said to yourself, all right, I'm, I'm going to get out. I mean, did you have to set a date like a year ahead? Like obviously the, there's a lot of paperwork and processes in getting out. Oh yeah. So like about a year and a half left in my five-year contract, I decided that that was going to be it. And like I had, I had reenlistment paperwork, you know, you never want to close the door before the other one's open. So like mm-hmm. I had my reenlistment paperwork drawn up. Um, I was going to try to lat move like lateral move to a different job because I was a tanker. So I shot tanks, but I wanted to do counterintelligence, which are the guys who like who go into other countries and they, they scout out the areas and stuff like that and do reports and stuff like that. And that was one of the things that I wanted to do. And I had like, it was like a $55,000 signing bonus to do that. And it was just, it was, it was an absolute, it, was, it would have been really cool for me to do that. So about a year and a half left, I decided I was like, that's eh, not going to be it. So I did, we did an event with High Point University. It's in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And this was like what sealed the deal it was like, it was called Home Runs for Heroes. So like, you know, like one of my captains was good buddies with the guy that like hosted it there. And then my chaplain took us, six of us. And I went up there and had a blast. I like, took BP. So like I played softball. So like BP fastballs, like I was just hit like six home runs or something crazy. Like it was just, I was just teeing off on it. And then he threw like a breaking ball and I looked stupid. So it's no big deal. And then I was like, you guys got a radar gun. Like I've never thrown, you know, so I played catch, you know, a little bit, did a little windmill, you know, I was good to go. I was like 83, 84. And I was like, I've never pitched, never threw 83 and four in my life. So now I was like, I'm going to get out and try to play. And I, that was, that was pretty much how I decided. Like That was like the final thing. I was like, yeah, I watched that game. They had a blast. Um, so then, you know, I go into my last little thing and my battalion commander, he played, he's a huge Nebraska Cornhuskers fan. So he played, he was in the Marines for four years, got out and tried to play college football. And he's like body that didn't hold up. So like when he found out that I was going to get out and play baseball, he like kind of, kind of hooked me up a little bit. Um, him and Master Sergeant Pitsley, they put me in, um, in like an office role for like the last eight months of my contract. So I was his gunner. And then I was also running like a legal, I was, I was basically head of the legal of the battalion. So like I was just pushing paperwork and stuff like that for, like guys getting in trouble and stuff like that. Um, so I was able to do that for like the last bit of time and really kind of like start transitioning and kind of like getting used to like what it's going to be like. That's when I started playing catch a little bit um, with baseballs. Um, and then I kind of tried to figure out where I was going to go to school. And that was a process of its own. It was a heck of a process. That's for sure. So then I figured all that out and then, you know, I decided to, that that was it. Got out and, April of 2017 and I started playing summer ball May 30th 2017 so did you start as a pitcher in summer ball because that's kind of a that's an odd recruiting process like you're are you sending a video of yourself playing catch on the base to coaches trying to make contacts like how what that's it's a lot different than what I feel like I'm doing right now for some high school kids this was one of the most unique things like and like I, and it's one of those things where like I never forget it. And like before I even say that, because I, I never, I'll never play victim on anything in my life. Like because like I'm not a victim. Um, but like when I called these, I called about 13 or 15 schools when I was in the Marines. I was like, hey, you know, my school's for free. Like I'm looking at playing baseball. And it's like there was only one school that was like, yeah, you know, 
might as well let it try. Like let's happen. And it was John Wood. And it was, you know, I caught, I talked to coach Hightower there, and you know, the late coach, he was, uh, he passed away like two years ago, coach Woff and, and they were like all about it. So I, I, I go there and then this, I brought the summer hit. I worked with a guy named Mike Waldo. So if you're from Illinois, you should, you probably heard of Edwardsville high school. Yeah, I, I have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like he was the pitching coach there since like 1974. So like he was, he was an absolute amazing guy. You know, my, him and my, between him and my dad working with him over the summer, um, just to kind of get used to like the pitching and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I still hit, I DH when I wasn't pitching just because, you know, I want to see if I can do that too. And it was fun. So I had an absolute blast and I think it was up to like 80, 87, 88 in the summer. Um, and then I just showed up to college and was like, Hey, I'm here to pitch. So it, it, there was, there was, no recruiting, yeah, there was no recruiting videos. I went to a school that had no phone signal. So it was, it was an absolute <laughs> blast. Okay. So let's talk about the peripheral stuff. Cause obviously just throwing 87, 88 isn't enough to get anybody out. Right. So right. what off speed pitch did you throw? How did you learn it? How was that process? Uh, so I learned first, probably the first pitch I learned was, was would have been the changeup again. So I started, I started playing catch with the changeup. It became a really good pitch for me and a slider as well. In the summer I threw a curveball, but it was like my worst pitch out of all of them. So I kind of scrapped that pretty quickly. So I was basically running slider, um, slider changed and I threw like a sinker. Um, so with as my two seamer. So it was, it was one of those things where I learned how to spin it very quickly. So like went in the summertime, you know, I was, I was throwing sliders for strikes, sliders for not like in the zone, out of the zone sliders. And I started, I started to learn how to pitch. So I, I wasn't just, just, you know, trying to out there to throw the ball as hard as I could. The first thing I learned when I started playing baseball again was, was how to get guys out. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started pitching backwards, you know, leading off of the slider for a strike and fastball. In. And then it was just like doing stuff like that. And that was probably the biggest asset that I had was, was that I, you know, throwing strikes wasn't, wasn't really, an issue for me even coming into it so like and then the fact that i learned how to pitch i just kind of just progressed with how, how fast i was throwing and whatnot and like obviously the harder you throw the faster your off speed is and the better it is so it just kind of kept getting better and better um but yeah learning how to pitch was like the first thing that i i definitely figured out and just That's talking with him and just like watching how he called pitches and like just it was it was really it was one of the it was the best summer i would i would not be here if it wasn't for that summer that's for sure. You know how depressed you just made a bunch of people that have been pitching their whole lives that can't throw strikes and don't know how to sequence pitches. <laughs> guys that are damn yeah. played with many of these guys too. I'm sure where they're just it's demoralizing that they come in and they can't find the zone. And you've literally not played baseball in five six years, and you're like, oh, this is this is pretty easy. Who well, who to thunk it? Yeah, no, I, you know, it definitely is. And people like people get. I've, I've, I grinded some wrong gears a little bit too with that. I, I, I'm a firm believer that if you can repeat your mechanics and you don't throw strikes, it's a mental thing. Like I, I'm a, I agree. I mean, I yeah. Agree. I mean, it's like, you, what's you, wrong? What's wrong? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can throw strikes in a bullpen. Like, then you should throw harder strikes in, in a game. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't further proves your point. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, and it's, and it's one of those things where it's like, you see these guys and it's like, they struggle. And I, I try to talk to them on the mental side of things. Cause like, I just look at things differently, I guess, as far as that, but like, I'm not going to beat myself. Like I didn't take five years off baseball, play at 26 to, to walk the house and lose the game myself. You know what I mean? It's just not what I wanted to do. So yeah, it, it, it definitely is. 
that was my strong suit for sure right off the bat. Well, I'm sure you also probably approached it a lot more tactif- tactifully, um, to use a military term, but you probably learned like, all right, this is something that I'm coming from behind to try to do. Like I'm, you know, way older than everyone else. I haven't been a pitcher. So you're probably looking for the fastest way to be good quick. And like you said, to get guys out, like you, I think you probably had a much more advanced just starting point than other people. Like you probably had no illusions. Like I just can't, I can't just throw fastballs for the next three years. Like I got to learn how to, how to pitch. And so you're probably really plugged in and mentally aware of like what, what was working and what doesn't. Cause you had to sort that stuff out fast. And that's probably, and I've never been in the military, but I imagine that's kind of how the military is where you gotta, you get thrown in situations and you need to process it and learn on your feet. Am I right or wrong there? No. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's like, you know, there's a lot of setting yourself up for failure in the military. And that's, and, you know, anybody who's a pitcher, like they under, you understand that like, if you don't react to failure, good, you're, you're not going to, you're just going to crumble and it's going to look terrible. Um, so yeah, no, you're exactly right. It's exactly what it is. You just got to be able to kind of figure it out or you don't. It's very yeah. like, very like pro ball mindset ish in the military. It's like, mm-hmm. you're going to figure it out or you're not. Yeah. And that's the thing I think a lot of young players lack is that, they'll just be out there and they'll walk three batters in the row. And it's just like this, they're missing the same exact way. It's like, it's like, do something <laughs> like do something. Right. Like, right. and if you take that same kid and you like give him a rifle and he's out, like, he's not going to just stand there. He's going to like collect himself and do something. Right. Or he's going to be, it's going to be it for him. So right. I think, uh, yeah, it's hard, especially with kids and Bobby, you've seen this, I'm sure more than I have just trying to get them to wake up sometimes They're like, dude, process what's going on and make a good decision and like, get yourself on track. Like I can't do it for you. I mean, how many mound visits have you had where it's like, <laughs> you just walk three guys in a row on like 13 pitches. Uh, you know, a mechanical tip is probably not going to do it, you know, compete. Yeah. You know, I think it's, it's competition is the biggest thing, right? It's the kids are probably more, they're almost more afraid to fail. Like, to be beaten than to just throw like fail. Like they don't want to fail and they don't want to get beat. So like, there's no middle ground. Like you have to, there's an overlap there, right. To compete. You're sometimes you're going to get beat, but you're definitely going to lose if you can't fill up the zone. I feel like this probably, you probably took a lot of that, you know, in your whole experience. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. You're, you're mid twenties going into a, you know, going into school where the kids are what, six, seven years younger than you. Like they're, you have to just throw it on the table and hope and see if, if you can hang, right. right. You don't have time to feel to feel out situations as much. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing too. And it's like, I just don't know how kids, I don't, I don't know how people do it. Like, I don't know how you throw three fastballs and two feet in front of the plate and not change anything. And it's like, and for me, it's just like, I look at it as way it's like, I know that I'm doing every single thing that I can do to prepare myself to pitch throughout the week, throughout my sleep, throughout what I eat and everything, everything I'm doing. So like, I know for a fact that I'm not going to let myself beat myself. Like that guy who's probably not doing everything he's supposed to be doing. He's not going to, if he beats me, then he beats me. If not, like I'll, I'll refuse to like let myself get beat by myself for sure. You know, I think that's like the biggest thing, kind of like the mentality side of it. It's like, you know, I'm going to make that guy prove he's better than me. And then he's going to have to do it again when he comes back up. Yeah. 
So let's talk. Uh, so from the early part, you're like, you're just getting back into baseball. What happens next? So I, you know, I, I get to John Wood, right. And we have, I have a great time. Um, I struggled a little bit on the mound a bit in the fall, um, kind of getting used to everything. And, you know, my thing is like, when I do something, I do it completely. And I, you know, I just got introduced to like the driveline stuff a little bit, but not, not really kind of doing stuff here and there. And it was like, I think I just got introduced to it too quickly. And it was like, I went from not throwing baseballs to throwing baseballs all summer to mm-hmm. kind of going into that. So I, you know, I did all the workout stuff in the winter and then, you know, start and kind of did something in the, in like early spring and I kind of, my elbow didn't feel right. Um, so I took about four weeks off or so and I got into the season, started pitching. Well, I was, you know, 88 to 90. Like I was, I was striking guys out. I looked like, you know, I had a, we went down to North Carolina, Myrtle beach and, you know, I threw 12 innings down there in a, in a week and eight, no, in 12 innings in like 10 days. Um, Got ejected in my first college start. That was a good one. Went out away from a complete game shutout. Got ejected. So that was cool. Well, you have to tell us what for. I mean, go go on. Go on. Yeah. And then um, I got back and it just didn't feel right. I threw a game on short rest. Um, we, were playing, we were supposed to play. I was supposed to pitch against Parkland College where I went, ended up going on Saturday. I threw on short rest on Wednesday or, thir- Wednesday or a Thursday. And my lad, like I, I called the coach. I called the coach out. I'm pitching coach. I said, "Get some money ready because this is this is it. Like something's extremely wrong. My, like it, it, it hurt so bad. Um, last pitch was 84 miles an hour, 80, 83 miles an hour. Kids swung at a high fastball, and that was the last pitch I threw until um, until summer of 19. So it's a quick turnaround, right? Like the. You, you've gone through quite the baseball life in a span of, what, two and a half years? From oh, yeah. leaving sure. the Marines to just deciding, okay, we're going to do college baseball, get into college baseball, establish yourself as a good college baseball player, get Tommy John, go transfer schools. Now you're at the University of Louisville, which is arguably the, what, preseason number one? if not preseason top five, I mean, one of the premier baseball schools in the country. Like, do you ever just wake up, look around and be like, what, where am I? Yeah. I mean, you know, and you look at it and it's like, if I, you know, I, I kind of look at it and it's like, well, damn, that sucks. You know, like I've had terrible luck and like this, that, and the other. And it's like, how could I think I have terrible luck when I end up at a place like this? So it's like, I kind of look at it. I'm like, you know, if I didn't join the Marines, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be here. If I didn't, if I didn't get Tommy John, I wouldn't have went to Parkland and I wouldn't be here, you know? And so you start kind of looking at it both like, I think that sucks. You know, if COVID didn't happen, probably wouldn't be here. So, and it's like, you start kind of being more appreciative of like the little things that happen. I kind of like the process and it's like, but yeah, there never, never in my life would I ever dreamed of being at a school like this. Like there's no way. So let's talk, let's touch briefly on, on Tommy John and let's, let's get up to the present day at, at Louisville. But uh, so you got Tommy John, who did your surgery? How did it go? And then what happened next? So I got it in St. Louis, Dr. Gross and, uh, Dr. Gross, Dr. Plata's office in St. Louis. They, they're the Cardinals orthopedic mm-hmm. surgeons. Um, did that August 8th, 2018. Um, 
I was misdiagnosed at first. I think first they were just like, uh, no, it's that's not that. It's not that. And then I got it and it was like, it was torn about 50% and then it was just stretched to the point where it was doing nothing. Yeah. So I got that, um, decided I wanted to do the rehab process at Parkland with a guy named John Goble. Um, he's the head coach there now. He's a pitching coach. He single-handedly helped me out probably the, with the most out of everybody that I've ever had any kind of contact with as far as baseball. Um, he played for Mike Waldo at Edwardsville. So that's a connection there as well. He's, he did so many things for me. I can't even explain. Um, so I did that there through my first um, at about, so I did that rehab there, did my therapy every, you know, three days a week at Athletico, um, worked with one of their old people there. And it was, it was a great time there as well. And um, did um, that three days a week for seven months. Uh, watched every one of your Chronicle videos, compared myself when I was throwing to where you were at. Um, so that always helped me out a lot. And then I kind of got into like the throwing at 10 months and like three weeks hit 90 for the first time again. Um, at 11 months, I played my first game in a summer league. Um, just a little, it's called EI. It's very, it's like mm-hmm. an adult league. Um, yep, I, I played there rehabbing my second Tommy John oh, played yeah. for the, so, uh, Colfax team. Okay. Yeah. I played for, uh, I don't even know. It starts with a G Gill flats, something like that. Get for yep. Gill flats. Um, so I did that, um, was nine ninety one. Did that um, also I, every Sunday for the summer. Got recruited to you know Western Carolina. Took off, that's when I whole thing kind of took off there. Got to pitch against Ohio State in the fall, so that was fun. Um, did that at Prasco Park. It's where like the Reds did like their minor leagues this year. Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty cool little place. But um, then transferred back. COVID happened, and then here we are. So it's like. So Tommy John, it was really, it was really a good process. Um, I did, it was, it was one of those things where it was very, it changed me as like my perspective, like of everything that I did caused me to get routine, um, caused me to start doing routines. I did driveline as far as like my rehab, it was very not standard. Like I didn't, my first ball that I threw was a, was a green pile ball and it was a pivot pick. So it was like, it was a very like data driven, um, type rehab process it wasn't the basic doctor one where i throw you know 60 feet or whatever it was very it was a lot different why did you choose that well um nothing i had done at that point was ordinary and i was like so i he was like i think this would be better for you and i was like okay has anybody done it for you like have you ever done it with anybody else and I, he was like no you'd be the first i'm like okay so then I, I, look, I did all my research, talked to a guy named Troy Rawlings. He played at Wisconsin or, uh, he played at, um, Washington. He, he was, he did the same kind of a very similar process through driveline, did my research. And I was like, I was like, all right, like, let's go, let's try it out. Huge results fat, like huge results caused me to get routines, caused me to start doing things properly. Um, it was less aggressive at the beginning and it progressively got more aggressive as far as like the throwing. So it was definitely, I think it was definitely beneficial for how I am. And I did everything I was supposed to do too. Like if it, if it says, you know, don't do anything today, like I'm not doing anything that day. Like, so I was very like routine with my um, program. I didn't miss days. Gotcha. 
Um, and then what was the process with you connecting with Louisville? So you're pitching oh. for Parkland and they just came out and watched or what? So they came out and watched a different kid pitch the day that, that they came out. Um, and I had never really talked to them um, until, you know, I was talking to other schools and stuff like that. And I was having a hard time getting to schools because of my, like how my grades, my grades are good, but my cousin, my credits and my degree percentages and stuff like that. So I was running into issues academically as having like too many credits and not enough um, like degree percentage, like towards my degree. So like it, it was, it was, I was running to that issue. And like, I had schools tell me that, that I was going to be able to, I was going to be good. I actually like verbally committed to another school, you know, instead of, instead of Louisville, just because of the situation I was going to be put in. And then I found out, you know, six days later that by the way, you got to take like 15 credits of summer classes. And I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean to do that? And it was, so it was, it was an absolute headache. And then they kind of came back, came up out of the blue friends, like, I guess kind of out of the blue, they're looking for a guy and, you know, Goble reached out and it happened very quickly. And it was awesome talking after talking to, after talking to uh, coach Snyder and, you know, coach Mack and then, you know, coach Williams, it was, it was no brainer. Like they make you run through a wall. And so what did they like about you and what, what are you? So when they come, they came and watched you pitch, like, what did they see? Like velocity, off-speed stuff, command like what, so, what, what what is your scouting report so i was so like the uniqueness of this all is they never saw me pitch in person they just all the video was what they've gotten because of the whole COVID. that's when COVID kind of mm-hmm. took off they, they didn't have really time to come see me throw at that point and um so they went off the video and stuff and i, I you know they said they were looking for a starter you know at that point i was starting at the, for parkland um you know, I, you know, as far as like what I'll do here is I, I have absolutely no idea. I'll start throwing in November um, and I'll throw until the season starts. But I mean, they, they, they kind of kept talking about my makeup. Like they liked my story and kind of like what got me to this point. Um, so I feel like, you know, what I had done in the past is was what really kind of got me there. Um, you know, and I, I assume like probably the mentality side of things as well, but like they, you know, coach Williams, you know, he talks a lot about, he likes makeup of players, um, which is mine's obviously pretty unique um, in many ways. So I get, so I definitely, definitely the makeup is what probably entice them the most. Yeah. And I get so, free. and you get free school. Right. Yeah, right. That's also, I mean, that is right. helpful because it doesn't yeah. count against their scholarship limit, all that stuff. So um, you talked about being 83, 84, right off the, off the boat, essentially. What are you today? Like, what's your fastball slider? Is it still the same arsenal? Fastball slider changeup? Fastball slider changeup. Um, you know, I started doing things like, so I'm, I was 90, 93 um, at, during COVID or whatever. Um, I have, like, I, I've started to kind of, like, manipulate my slider. And I've basically made it two different pitches. So, like, I, I can get more depth if I want it. And I can shorten it up. Not, not, it's not really cuttery, but it's, you know, it's just a lot harder. So like I've thrown that 84, 85, I hit 86, like throwing it, you know, just throwing the hell out of it. And then I can also, I got one, I can kind of go with more depth on it to kind of choke back a little bit. Um, so then I, I, I just, I basically, what I've done is just starting to kind of be able to move my pitches differently and mm-hmm. like do, do with them a little different. Like my changeup, I can have it, you know, throwing it for a strike. And then when it's not a strike, so stuff like that, I've been able to kind of get better with, and then just attacking the hitter. And you know, I'm I'm 
I'm a happy, like I'm a pretty chill guy. Like I, I like to joke around like outside of baseball, but I'm pretty intense when I'm on the mound and it's, it's kind of funny guys. It's, it's just probably not a comfortable at bat. That's for sure. Yeah. Like I'm, gr- I'm grunting and stuff. It's, you know, Max Scherzer would make fun of me cause I don't throw 95, but you know, <laughs> I'm going to grunt and throw 92 and I'm going to be happy about it. So like, I would, speaking of chirping, I would, I would chirp with that too. No, absolutely. And you know, and I get it. And it's like, you know, dude, you're grunting, you're throwing 92. Like, don't you see that, that there's a 16 year old throwing 95? Like what's wrong with you? I'm like, I don't want to hear it from you. So anyway, what are your goals for the season? So you're at Louisville, one of the premier, uh, obviously baseball programs in the country and potentially like in the running to, to be a starter. Um, you know, like how are you preparing for the season mentally and what would be your ideal role if you, if you had your pick? Well, yeah. So like, I mean, obviously everybody here, which is really, which is really unique and, and kind of like weird given the fact that we, you know, we talked about how all these kids are kind of recruited here at a young age and stuff like that. But like the, the, over, the goal here is, to win a national championship and like you get to the schools it's like you know we want to win the national championship and everybody's like like try to make it like you know type thing and it's like here you look around and you see guys you know like henry davis and you see like the Benellis, and you see like all the pitchers we got the outfielders the ushers the browns and it's like all these guys who are just absolute dogs you know like lucas duns and it, it's crazy and you, you look at it and it's like I don't know. We mean this. Like we, like everybody here wants to win a national championship. And that's, that to me is, is what's the, that's the coolest thing about this place. Everybody's focused, you know, everybody's putting baseball first. So that, that, that is like the real now goal here for me, you know, I want to be able to help however I can do it on the mound, you know, as far as roles and goes and stuff like that, like to me, I don't care. Um, you know, I, I think that's kind of like the clear consensus here too. Is like, I don't care. If, if they want me in the bullpen, I'll be the bullpen guy. If they want me to throw in the midweek, I'll throw in the midweek. If they want me to throw in the weekend, you know, it, to me, it does not matter. If I was, if I was to, you know, be like, yeah, I want to roll. It's obviously any kind of valuable, any valuable inning to me is the same. So it's, you know, I, I want to help win. I don't want to be just a cool story and like, well, I'm glad you made it here. Like type of thing. It's like, like I got here because of the things I've done in the past, but like now I'm ready to kind of like be like, okay, yeah. I should be here. I'm not just right. A, uh, I'm not just here because of what I've done. So you, you were at Juco. I think this would be something I want to hear about is what's how much different, if at all, is the culture atmosphere at Louisville compared to the Juco, the Juco's you were at. Um, obviously your limited playing experience after you're coming off, coming out of the service. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think the number, the number one difference is without a doubt, it's going to be the speed of the game. Like I'm watching our outfielders. The first day that I realized, I was like, oh, God, like, I can't wait to pitch here was when I watched all three of our outfielders who run like a 6-3 or 6-4s, you know, catching fly balls like off the bat. I'm like, like these are these are like doubles. You know, they, these doubles are now outs. So it's like I, watching these guys like just hunt balls down and, and do that. I was like, OK. But as, as far as like playing, you know, it is everybody here. Everybody here is just so driven to be successful. But JUCO also has a bunch of different guys as well, where you have the guys who are playing JUCO 
to go somewhere else or you have the guys who, you know, who are at JUCO to, to really make it like a launching pad to kind of like, okay, like I turned down division one offers to play JUCO because I don't want to go to that division one. I want to go to a, a better school than that, whether it's a nice D2 or an NIA or whatever, or like a higher level division one school. Like they're doing, they're, they're playing JUCO to go to a better school and right. then what they're going to be at. So it's like, there's so many different mindsets in junior college than there are here. Cause it's like, it's a very similar one here, but in Juco, it's very, it's very different. Um, you get the guys who are like, eh, you know, I'll go here and then I'll play, you know, wherever offers me, you know, the most money. But like for me, when I was at Juco, I was like, you know, like I want to get as good as I can and go as, as the best place I can. That's interesting because it's like you kids have a, I don't want to say a negative outlook on junior college, but they don't understand that like the guys at junior college, maybe not all of them, like you said, the, some of their focus is in other places, but they're trying to get somewhere like they're there for a purpose. It's not a, it's not like an end goal. It's like a, it's a go between. Oh yeah. And that's what sounds Louisville sounds like as well. Like it's a go between for a lot of these guys. Oh yeah. So I, you know, I talked to coach Garsha, uh, Dave Garsha, he's, he's the head coach of Swick and, he's going to flip. He's, you know, he's already flipping the program a little bit. He's got a lot of cool guys coming in, but it's just like, I talk to him all the time about like very similar to that. It's like, you know, you want to get guys in junior college who don't want to play junior, who don't just want to play junior college baseball. Like you want to get guys who have aspirations because at the end of the day, it's about how much you grind. Like you can go to practice and do everything you're supposed to do at practice. But if you go home, you know, and eat 10 chili dogs and, and do nothing else on your time, like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to be able to do anything else. So it's like, you know, getting the right guys, even at junior college really helps, you know, with everything else. And here it's like, it's, like I said, it's, it's night and day because every, it's every, everybody's just locked in. Right. So what kind of pitching stuff are they doing with you guys? Obviously maybe there's some stuff that's, you kind of keep under wraps, but are you guys using any of the, <clears throat> any of the interesting new technology like Rapsodo? Um, you guys tracking a lot of stuff. Every program is different and I personally, I enjoy like that there's a, a, a good balance that I think at a lot of the best programs, like they realize that technology is good to a point and they still have coaches with tons and tons of experience who are like, look, this is important, but also, you know, your mindset, all this other stuff, you know, your prep is important, but what are you yeah. guys doing with, uh, with tech? Is there anything interesting that you didn't maybe do at the, your previous, uh, stops along college baseball? Yeah. So like, I think the most interesting part is, and like, I'm not going to go too in depth on like what I think just cause I don't want to miss, you know, say or whatever. Um, but you know, one thing I really do love here is that anytime you throw on the mound, you're getting videoed from four different directions, which is good. Cause, you know, pitchers like to do that. You know, I like to watch the video and you're also, you know, off the game mound you're throwing and you got track man and it just, it funnels all your information. And you can, you can go back and you can look at it. You can look at your numbers. You can look at everything like after the fact, you know, and like you can look up your certain pitches and stuff like that. So like you get all that information like already. So like that's, that's already a, a, just a huge step up, you know, bullpens and, you know, we have bullpens, you can throw off rap soto, you can do certain things, you know, you know, coach Williams like has a lot of guys doing different things. So like nobody's really doing the same stuff. Um, I've had like, I've really gotten a chance since I'm not really throwing, I'm not throwing yet. I got the chance to really step back and just kind of watch and like watch how guys work and like kind of see like how they're doing it. You know, you see the core velo belts, stuff like that. I know we're, I think we're talking about getting clean fuego. Um, so stuff like that as well. So it's like, 
watching like just how they interact and like how the biggest one that I've watched is how they call pitches and whatnot too. And it's like, it's, it's very impressive to me, like how, you know, every pitch has a purpose for like two pitches down the road. So it's like, and, it, and it's fun to watch. So it's, it's a lot of old school mixed with a lot of new school. So like we have all the, the you know, guns and whistles, but we also have the, you know, the grittiness of us as well. So it's like, it's really fun to watch, um, watch all the pitchers work with coach Williams too. So it's, cool. it's a little bit of both. So why aren't you throwing right now? Um, so I, I pitched in the summer a little bit, you know, got kind of flared up a little bit and it wasn't a big, it's not a big deal or anything like that. So basically there's a few of us that are just, we're, we're through in the summer. We slowed down. Um, we're starting in November and it kind of just gives us the opportunity just to, you know, take that little break then. And then it's really work into the season. So for me, it's like, it's a blessing and kind of like disguise for in a way. So it's like, I got to mentally learn all the things we needed to know while my body physically rested. So now once I start throwing mentally, I know how he calls pitches mentally. I know all the plays. I know all the stuff, the, the difference and stuff like that. So now it's like, okay, so now it's time to pitch. So it's, it's, it's been a real, real good process as far as that, but there's, there's a few of us that are doing that. So it's going to be fun. Gotcha. And then what do, uh, what do your workouts look like? I mean, I'm sure is conditioning difficult compared to some of the stuff you did in the military, or is it all kind of a, a, a cakewalk with some of the, the tough military days? Oh yeah. So like you get that a lot. It's like, you guys do that in the military. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's the equal amount of suck is, you know, in our 645 lifts as there was, you know, at our 530 lifts and runs in the Marines, you know? So like, I kind of, you know, kind of came up the phrase of embracing the suck, like 645 legs is not fun. Like, no, like I don't, I don't wake up and like, yay, like let's go lunge with a lot of weight on her back. Cause I suck at it. And it's like, you know, so basically I just embrace it and kind of just have fun with it. But like, you know, we, we have a pretty good, we have a really good weightlifting program. Uh, Coach Farrell does a great job. Um, do all that. Um, four days. I, I did it today. Did it yesterday. We did conditioning on Mondays. Um, but yeah, you are, right, right when I got here, we ran two miles for time. So that was, that was interesting. That was the first time since like the Marines I ran, you know, for time. So that was fun. And then, you know, we kind of roll run into it and now we're on our, it's called football lifts, which are more intense uh, now that the fall season's over. So it's, I'm getting a lot stronger, uh, definitely getting a lot more mobile. I came in at like 228. I weigh 213 right now. So it's been, it's been a good, it's been a good little journey. And how tall are you just for reference? Six, three. Okay. So you're a tall, three. tall dude. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then, you know, every single day I work with the trainers too. So like, Pat, like our, our trainers, Pat and Travis and like, I spend more time with them than anybody and thank God they have a sense of humor. Otherwise I'd be, it'd be so bad. It'd be like, it'd be awkward. It'd be, it'd be so bad. How, what's the, as far as the strength program, how many days a week is it? You know, how often are you guys actually doing, you know, outside supplemental baseball workouts? Um, so right now it's a little different because we're, we're doing it's, it's, you know, individual time right now. So like, well, we lift four days a week. Um, so it's, it's good. You, you know, we do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays off Thursday, Fridays. Um, and it's good. I mean, every day is different and you kind of like to push ourselves on Fridays and Mondays a lot. Um, yeah, we push ourselves every day, but it's just, it's just different kind of, you know, it's a leg days, like more, you know, Friday and Monday and it's, 
it's a good time watching everybody lift and get excited and watching kids, you know, get stronger and get lifts they couldn't do. It's, it's a lot of fun. Is that different uh, than what you're used to maybe in the Marine? Like to, as far as working out, is it not enough? Yeah. Is it more? No. Yeah. So it's a lot different. The Marines, we ran all, I ran all, so many miles in the Marines that I'll never get back. So it's like, <laughs> you, it's, it's like all we did. It felt like it's all we did was run. Um, so the workouts are way different here. We're we're everybody's building differently too, as well. Um, you know, for me, my being able to move better and kind of feel like that's why, you know, the little bit of a, you know, body comp change, just kind of really trying to get more explosive and move, and move a little faster for me. So it's like, you know, it, it's just a lot of, it's just, it is very different and it's different than the junior college. You know, think you think about a junior college, you're not getting the kid who's already developed enough to go to a place like Louisville. So you get to build strength. So, you know, you do a lot of barbell training, you do, you do a lot of training to build that general, you know, strength already. But here it's like, a lot of guys already have that. Like I get outlifted by 18 year olds and I'm like, okay, like you're a little beast, but you know, it's fine. So like, it, it doesn't bother me for that, for that, as far as that, but like, you know, everybody's kind of like doing different things in, 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 in an essence, in an essence. There we go. Gotcha. Um, how have you, uh, adapted to the schoolwork there? So I know we touched on your major and Spanish, but you know, is, uh, from being in the military so long is getting your schoolwork done and grinding through it. Is that a fun experience? Is it neutral? How do you find your, your schoolwork there? It's, it's hit or miss. It's like, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, if you think, if you, if you ask anybody who's over 27, what they'd feel like if they're doing homework at age 27, it's, you know, they'd be like, okay, like it's, it's definitely at times it's like repetitive, but like actually this year, like I have like really good instructors and it's like all, all online, but it's like everybody teach. They call them teachers, right? And professors, professors. professors. Yeah. Don't yeah. you email them without saying professor in front of their name. They'll, they'll let you know, but like, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's really cool because they kind of embrace it. Like, we're not used to this either. You're not used to this. Like, let's kind of get through it together type thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. and it's really cool to me because, you know, I got a lot, I had an online class before and it's like, teachers are straight savages. They're like, you know, I never have to see you. So guess what? You're not going to get a good grade right there. Like, no, I'm sorry. That's a C. And then like in, in real life, it's like, you can like just talk to them and it's like going to class is half the battle. So it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just a little different, but like, I actually, I, I enjoy it here. Um, I'm in 16 credits, you know, I'm going to be pumping out my grades or pumping out my credits here pretty quickly. So I'm looking at graduating next summer. So it's, it's been a good time. Yeah, I think, uh, so my brother-in-law is ex-military. He's currently going back to school now. So I've witnessed some of that process. He's not a, not a huge, huge fan of it. Um, and I obviously like Bobby, did you go back and finish your degree or did you graduate with your degree no of, i went Illinois. back so i can relate a little bit being like the older guy yeah, I but i wasn't playing i wasn't playing so it's a little different but you kind of how you said you know you're sitting in class and there's people you know born in 2002 that was that was you know i was sitting in not uh in undergrad classes and i was 24 years old so it's, I mean, it's not, I wasn't like crazy off the scale, but I was taking classes that I probably should have taken when I was a freshman. So I'm sitting there with people, you know, six, six years, seven years younger than me looking around 
thinking, why am I even in, sitting in this class? And I think it'd probably be a little different if I was just online. Like a lot of people do the online, they go back, they get their, they finish their degree, they get their master's online where I had to be in, you know, this was 2011. So I'm have to be in, in school, like sitting in the classroom, you know, communicating with, I'm in groups and they're trying to coordinate, around, <laughs> they're, try, they're trying to coordinate around like their, you know, their sorority functions and they're, uh, you know, they've got socials coming up and I'm like, I've got work later. Guys, yeah. we need to, can we do this now? <laughs> yeah, group, group projects are miserable, especially as an athlete. It's yeah. like, when are you available? Well, I'm not available from 6.45 to 9 a.m. And then I have practice from like, you know, one to whatever. So it's like anytime after that. And it's like, okay, never mind. <laughs> I, it's just. I, the, there really, there is a ton of, especially at a big time, you know, you're at a major university with, you know, a lot of goals. The program's got a lot of goals, but even at, I went to Northern Illinois. I mean, Dan and I went to mid-major schools. The, the amount of time you spend I did not go to a mid-major. I went to a low division one. Uh, what, but, 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 I appreciate, but I appreciate you. I mean, you just, the, the amount of time it consumes weekly, and it's not even necessarily, you know, all spent at practice. It's spent at study. Do you guys have study tables? Do you have yeah, study table do. hours? Do you I, have to I do not. I do not. Okay. okay. You've got, okay. it's usually either. like, I didn't have them after my first semester, but some guys with bad grades had 10 hours a week. I, I wouldn't even, how do you set aside 10 hours to go sit somewhere yeah. just to study? It's, it's outrageous. Well, it's like, not even studying. It's like homework that some people don't even have. Right. Like they're telling you to work on stuff, but I mean, we all know there's certain weeks where you, there's nothing like there's no reason to be sitting there for 10 hours. Yeah. Plus you're just going to procrastinate and write all your papers on the bus the night before they're due. Like that's what, college is so smart disrupts it disrupts that flow you know yeah you can't procrastinate they make you do it where'd you go to school dan umbc maryland baltimore county okay like the bulldogs right retrievers much less formidable uh yeah dog dog uh breed some would call it the crown jewel of the uh (laughs) mid-atlantic well they finally changed their logo a couple years ago to like looks like kind of like air but when I got there, we got these, we would like use our heavy jackets for two years. We're getting new ones. And we had just gotten the old styles the second year. So I got this heavy jacket that had like the old school, like stripes. It was like the collar, not a hoodie button up, yeah. no zipper. And I like it had that. this huge retriever on the front with golden flowing locks. Like it was, <laughs> it looked like, uh, it looked like Fabio, like this, like this dog on the front. And I was like, all right, I mean, I'm happy to be here. Like, I'm not complaining, but this is the most ridiculous, like, retriever shield I've ever seen. It's like, who made this? That's that old school, uh, that's that old school Letterman's jacket he got out of. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about gear, because I know it's, I think it's rare that we'll have a uh, active college baseball player on our program. So, everyone's always curious about the cool stuff, right? Tell us about the, the ballpark, about the locker room, about the gear you get, about the food you eat. There's lots of really interesting stuff. Like Louisville's a, a a well-to-do program. So, like, what are some of the cool creature comforts that you guys get there as players? Um, so like the biggest ones, I think the biggest one that I well, see, I enjoy things differently than like the average like eighteen-year-old kid. So it's like I enjoy having access to athletic trainers all the time. So it's like, okay, I'm a little tight in my back. I rolled out with a cross ball, and they'll get in there, do soft tissue stuff. Like to me, I love that. That's my favorite part about it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's like that's and like as you guys know that that's not always the case like ever no. Really. yeah no one's massaging my old wrecked arm so right yeah that's never usually the case usually you get a little buddy and they they get a little you know one of those little rollers and stick it in you like on your back and stuff like that but like so that that's my favorite thing um but like as far as you know like i said we have our media day next week um so that'll be cool and but as far as like the the, the field and stuff it's 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 crazy and it's, every day it's like it's just like wow this is cool you go out there and you kind of look at it and you got the whole list of like all the all americans and you're kind of just like looking at it, just all that the field itself the short like the cages and stuff the weight room it's all just really nice and like it's it's an absolute blast normally we'd have like a thornton's you know we'd be able to go eat you know we get we buy like these meal plan things for like a lunch we go eat there um but that's unaccessible because of covid so you know i got to miss out on that a little bit but like we still get lunches, you know, on days we practice, we get lunches and it's usually like a burrito or like, you know, something like that chicken wraps, um, which is nice. And it's like, you know, it's like, it, it, we just have a lot at our disposal. We have like, yeah. you know, like, like we have a nutritionist, we have a person who does like, talks with our homework and who does our academic side. We have a person who does all that. So it's like from going from a Juco where it's like, you know, you're a cowboy and like, you figure it out yourself type thing. And it's like, here we have somebody for everything. And, it, and that to me is like, is probably the coolest thing. And the, to, to just to put into perspective, most colleges after practice are not feeding the player nope. a burrito or uh, mm-hmm. like that is a, that is a luxury that obviously the best of the best are going to get burritos. Yeah. It seems like <laughs> a right. small thing, it but sounds stupid, but yeah, a lot of parents oh, yeah. listening don't have a frame of reference. Like, that's not normal to get a burrito. To get a no. burrito is not normal, folks. Well, it's oh. just not normal to have all of those resources available. Like, you could, oh, like yeah. the, I had a buddy that from high school that went to Florida State. And, you know, first talking to him on the first day he got down there, he's like, there's a just bin of batting gloves and Evo, oh, yeah. you know, guards and thumb guards. And I think we, in my college, we got one pair of batting gloves for the whole year, which is, I mean, no one's complaining. It's just the different levels of like mm-hmm. accessibility you have at certain universities. And Louisville oh, okay. is probably, I would say in the top of the top. Yeah. I had batting gloves. I'll hit. So it's like, <laughs> okay, right. Well, those are for keeping your hands warm when you're sitting in the bullpen, not pitching for eight and a half. Innings no, they've got yeah. winter gloves for that. Yeah. Right. And it's like, you know, we get all, we get a lot of cool stuff too. Like that is like the hoodies and stuff like that. Like we, we get a lot of clothes and apparel and it's, it's cool. It, well, it's you sad. haven't, you haven't gotten to experience the, the social campus life, but you have to wear something that tells what team you're on. Otherwise, how would else would anybody know? You have right. to wear something that says Louisville baseball. Yeah. And everybody knows. Backpacks. Yeah. Everybody knows. Yeah, we all got little backpacks with like little Ninja Turtles running around here with Louisville baseball on the back of it. It's great. Well, (laughs) you know, people like we've been talking about, people don't know the finances of college baseball, but if you're spending 200, 250 bucks feeding your team after practice, which seems like a very normal, reasonable like thing to do, right? That's five grand a month. Like that's not small amount of money. And then you practice, you know, that's that's based on 20 practices a month and there's probably more than that. So then you extrapolate that out you know, all fall, all winter, that's twenty twenty five thousand dollars Like yeah. schools yeah, don't have that budgets, in their budget. Yeah. They just don't. That's not, yeah. that's not baseball budget for college. That, no. At least the colleges that Dan and I have been to. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. yeah. 
when we get like stuff like the glove, we get a glove, like I get, we all get custom gloves and like, it, these are things that like in the, in the shoe, like it, it's, it's, it's crazy to me. And it's, and it's one of those things like you, I, you just can't, like, I don't take it for granted because, you know, I've been the Juco guy or like, I've been, you know, the guy in the Marines where it's like, you know, it's, you don't get the best stuff. Like you don't get, but you gotta make do with what you get. So it's like, it's like people, people on the outside in like kind of look at us as like being like a, like a white collar type thing because of all that. But it's like, I really feel like the mentality is so blue collar that it's, it's interesting. So it's like, we're like a blue collar, white collar place. What's the coolest, what's the coolest thing that you've gotten at Louisville baseball that you didn't get at junior college baseball? Like what was the, what was the first thing when you walked on? You're like, man, this is awesome. Mm. I'll tell you what designing my brand new glove, which is all red, by the way, is was that was that Good was luck with that cool. you better keep that out of the sun there sunny Gramp, oh, yeah. gramps <laughs> gramps yeah I know. It's, a, it's a tough color to maintain but you'll get another one next year <laughs> right yeah sure. you'll yeah, be okay yeah. yeah so like i think the glove thing was was really cool coming in designing your gloves and stuff like that but like you know i think you know once all this stuff happens like social media is kind of like booming and this you know as far as everything else i've already said that excites me but like you know, like all the editings, all the pictures and stuff like that. I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to do as a 27 year old in a mm-hmm. young environment. So like, you know, I think, I think that just the atmosphere is like the coolest thing. And it's like, everybody just wants to help you. And it's, it's a really cool feeling. It's not like, ugh, like the baseball teams here, like, yeah, I don't want to do their stuff. Like, like you get a lot of places, but it's like everybody is just excited and always wants to help you out here. And it's, it's really, it's really fun and it's really easy. What about the flip side of that? Is there something you came from Juco you thought was going to be like drastically different that has ended up being pretty much exactly the same? Cause junior college for everyone listening, I'm sure they understand is it is two year school. You're basically on your own for everything. Now you're at four year power five, power five school. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is like coming from the Juco to this, it's like, you would think the game would be so much different. And like, you would, you would think like being able to play the game is so much different, but it's just like, at the end of the day, when it's time to play baseball, you just play baseball. So it's like, it's, it's very similar in that aspect where at Juco, it's like, depending on you get and depending on where you go, it's a lot of like, it's just a lot of different things. And it's like here, it's like, we still get a lot of instruction and we still get a lot of, you know, conversations and a lot of learning points and stuff like that and like you would think it'd be like a lot different right in that aspect but it's really the same like you know you get on the mound it's like okay let's like you, you hear him talk it's like okay let's go like you know don't don't let the game speed up on you like slow it down and like kind of do your thing so it's like you know everybody likes everything and when it's time to play the game it's time to play the game and yeah. that to me is like it's very similar to that um yeah, definitely not. Very, definitely not different like I anticipated it to be. I thought I expected like this crazy like, you know, difference. Yeah, well, so, I think especially you know some of the junior college baseball I watched in Illinois last year, like I was impressed at how big and strong those dudes were. Like junior college baseball, it, obviously there's way bigger fluctuations in probably junior college baseball than there are in D1 baseball. Like in D1, like every every team's pretty big you could definitely get some feast or famine in Juco because the resources are so varied, but the gap I'm sure is much less depending on what perm you come from. Like if you look at, cause the team I'm talking about is, um, well, Parkland's a big, strong team. I have a bunch of kids that I used to work with that are there right now. And I know I've met John, the the head coach there a few times. We never really spoke that much, but 
he seems like a super well-regarded guy. He was always super polite, respectful of my teams. Um, but like his team, some big kids and the local team, um, uh, well, I'm, I'm blanking on my own town's name. Bobby, what town did I live in? And what Bloomington was it? normal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you had Heartland. 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 Yeah. They're a big freaking strong team. Like you watch them and it's like, that was not a junior college team when I was playing or even five years ago. Like there's some strong dudes. Of course, my good friend and former business partner is the strength coach there. So he's a, a piece in that. But I mean, junior college, like you wouldn't leave uh, Heartland and go to Louisville and be like, well, these dudes are way bigger than me. Like there's going to be some way better athletes there for sure. Cause you guys oh, yeah. recruit some of the best. That's probably the big difference of the athleticism and the, the little intangibles. Right. But physicality, there's probably not as big a difference going from junior college to, to D1. Yeah, there, I mean, there, yeah, there's definitely not as far as, as, as like, is that, you know, you see more of a difference in the freshmen. Yeah. Every, it's, it's basically, that's where the divide is. I feel like, you know, the freshmen are built differently than everybody else. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just because they haven't had years. They, you know, yeah. I don't even know if, when I played high school baseball, we didn't really, really, we had a little bit of a workout program, but we didn't really have anything crazy. Yeah, I mean, it was just either. a lot of like, and that's why I feel like football players were always better baseball players in high school is because of that. Yeah. But you know, it, it, there's not really much of a divide from the junior college guys going to there. It's just getting used to like the, the rhythm and the pace and stuff like that is like the biggest thing, but no, there's, there's some big dudes and Heartland's got some big guys. Um, in Parkland, when I was there, we had some, we had some big guys as well. So it, it, they're, they're, you're definitely right about that. There's definitely not that huge gap. And that's and that's yeah. why it's, that's that's where I mean also by like the difference in like mentalities there. It's like you get those guys at JUCO who are like, no, like I'm gonna become like I'm gonna grind, I'm gonna get bigger, I'm gonna get stronger, I'm gonna go somewhere special. And then you have the guys who are like, eh, you know. So it's it's all it's all about that too. And that's and that's why you know you said your buddy coaches at Heartland. You know, it's it's probably like one of the cultures they have probably built built there is to you know give everybody that kind of the keys to the castle a little bit. And like mm-hmm. you put in when you get out of it. Or you yeah. get out where you put in. For sure. For sure. So as we wrap up here, what uh, advice would you give to young players out there who may be – so oddly enough, because I think of my elbow surgeries and my path through independent baseball, I get emails a couple times a year from someone who's like, yeah, I'm in college and I haven't played ball since high school, but I miss it and I want to get back into it. And, you know, should I do this? Is it realistic? A lot of times I'm like, no, it's not realistic. And to be perfectly frank, like you're not going to get signed by a pro team. Like I had some like mid twenties guy ask me that. I'm like, you throw 88 and you didn't play college baseball and you're like two years into your real job. No one's going to sign you. Why would they? There's like a million college baseball players who are as good as you. And it's mm-hmm. like, you missed your window, right? So there's that side of it. Cause there is definitely a finite window, but then there all are also people like yourself who've held on to their dreams, picked them back up and, here you are, like you're still in the hunt. Of course, I mean, and all of us know you still have a shorter shelf life than other guys, right? Oh, like yeah. you get if you get a chance in pro ball, you're gonna have to rock it up there fast, just like in in Louisville. Like in Louisville, you're expected to contribute right away as a junior, right? Not, you know, take your time, get your feet under you as oh, a freshman. Yeah. So oh. there's always that. But what advice would you give people who are maybe pursuing a difficult, improbable dream? So there's a couple of things, you know, the first thing I'd say is, you know, you see a lot on social media now, you see, I can't stand it. And it's, you know, my first thing is like, 
you know, remember why you're doing what you're doing. You see a lot of guys, oh, I was slept on or so-and-so slept on me. Every, everybody today is, I've gotten slept on by somebody. Like, okay, cool. Like, you, why do you feel the need to tell everybody you've been slept on? That's fine. But you get the guys who are like, you know, all the people who like, you know, didn't think I could do it or this, that, and the other. That's, that's what drives me to be who I am. Like, this is what drives me. Everybody's negativity is what drives me. But it's like, that, that if you think like that, you're already setting yourself up for failure. So if you're going to like try to do something, remember why you're doing it would be the biggest one for me. It's because I messed up my first opportunity and I wanted to try to see how good get, try to see how good I can get and give everything I can. So that's why I do it. You know, everybody's negativity, which happens all the time. You know, I can't believe you're playing. I can't, you know, you're not, you're this, you're that, you're this, you're that. Like, okay. Like that's just fuel to the fire. That's already there. So it's like, you, you have to already design like, why you're doing it and making sure you can do it at your best of ability. Otherwise you're just wasting your time. Like you said, like I baseball has been like, like I've changed my entire life just to make sure I gave baseball everything I could just to see how good I can get. Um, but yeah, so you get a lot of guys who like, who really focus on doing something just because others say they can't and mm-hmm. like, that's, that's not a healthy way to do things. And it's just, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And then the other thing is would be, you know, making sure that when you do stuff like this, that you, you, you know, you pick the right place to do it and you invest time into the right people. For me, you know, I invested myself into the right people. Um, I've gotten close with people, you know, certain people's opinions matters to me. Like, you know, I could have came on here and Dan, you could have been like, you know, you shouldn't play college baseball. And I'd be like, like, okay, like that's your opinion. That's your opinion. Like I have no issue with that, but like, to me, it's like the people in my circle, you know, people I look up to, like, you know, my dad, you know, Coach Waldo, you know, Coach Garcia, like, you know, those people, what they what they say about my career, like, I take that to heart. So, like, you know, take it to, like, don't take everything critically from people. Take it from people who really, meet, like, who really want the best in you and the best for you. Take that advice and just kind of go with that. You know, I think that's the biggest one is investing your time in the right people. And instead of like into the, like a certain program or whatnot, but that makes sense a little bit. Yeah, no, it does. Because especially with the age of the interwebs, it's easy for everyone to have an opinion where it's like, I don't, I don't need your opinion. I don't care. Like I'm doing my thing. Like right. you don't have context on my life, why I'm doing this, you know, or any of that. And you have to insulate yourself somehow. And so, yeah, I think valuing some people's opinions and not others is a way you do that. Oh yeah. And you always value someone's, you always, people always value opinions. You just have to select who's you value. And like, to me, like that's, that's a huge step to becoming anything. You know, I'm sure mm-hmm. you guys, you guys have this podcast. There's people who are like, nah, yeah, that podcast sucks. And it's like, nobody cares what you have to say. No one, says so, that. No one, no one actually says that. Zero, yeah, no one literally, says that. literally zero people say that. Yeah. And if they, if they do say that, they're probably from Chicago and they're probably a Cubs fan. So then there's that. Mm-hmm. You're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> So like the criticism does come and I'm sure for you too, people are like, I don't want that guy on my team. He's 26. I don't want that guy on my team. He's too old. But hopefully more coaches out there realize that a lot of times, especially someone with your experience that, Hey, we got a good leader, a good mindset guy, like a good clubhouse guy we can drop in and trust. Like, I think it's easy after our conversation today to see that you're a trustworthy athlete to have on your squad. 
what you just said was the crazy is the craziest thing too is like going going through the recruiting stage at my age is so different because like i'm like okay well i'm gonna coach one day so it's like i want to see how they do it and like listening to some of them i'm like like holy crap i would never say that to a kid like Mm-hmm. It makes it makes no sense, but like you know, yeah, you're exactly right about that. It's it's completely crazy. Well, or especially like in college baseball, where there's there is no shelf life for you. That's what I what strikes me as odd. Like in pro baseball, it makes more sense they pass up on people by age, right? Because, and I faced this as I got older. Like I was 30, and just like just coming into my own, where I was probably like developmentally like 26, but I was 30, and they have 25 year olds that can do most of the stuff that I can do. So it's like, we got less years out of Dan. So we're going to take this other guy. Like, that's hard to hear. Like, you don't want that for yourself, but it's realistic. Like, it makes some sense. In college baseball, they're getting four years out of you. Does it matter if you're 32 or 22? 47. Doesn't seem like it, you know? Yeah, and I, you know, I got I got laughed out on the phone. I got asked, you know, what makes you think you could play at this level? I got told I would never play Division two baseball, like, I, which I didn't, you know? So it's... It, I, you hear all these things and it's like, that's why I value an opinion. Like I could have been like, Oh, well, so-and-so said I can't play. So I, you know, that's it for me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah, you're exactly right. There's no shelf life for that. And you know, and it's, that's what makes it fun about it. Well, and like well, you said, the end goal at Louisville is win a national championship. It's not, everyone has to get drafted. I'm sure everyone wants to get drafted there and they want you guys to move on to pro ball, but your team comes first and you guys want to win. And so, Whatever age, whatever your ability, whatever your background, like if you can help us do it, come do it. It makes sense to me. Yeah, makes sense. It makes sense to me too. That's why it's a place I want to be at. I'd rather be at a place that wants to win a, a unit goal. That's what all the military was was working as a unit. Mm-hmm. You know, be able to be at a place like this. It's it's very militaristic, and that's what I like about it. Probably the most is like everybody has that one goal. You know, just to get to the next level, and just, or right. just to get to the point where we win the national championship. So it's, it's awesome. So Anthony, where can people follow up with you? So obviously, um, you know, I have a new favorite player to root for when the college world series comes around next year. And I'm sure a lot of people will check up on you. And I know you, uh, you said you're going to, so for people, if you check up on, on him right away, you won't find him on the Louisville roster today because they haven't had media day yet, but he will be there as soon as that all goes down. So just be aware of that. Um, where can people find you? Is there a social media or anything or any way to get to check on you besides the Louisville baseball website? Yeah. So like all my, so like my Instagram and Twitter are the same. It's silk underscore wood five. Uh, that's, that's basically what I've always used. Um, that's for Twitter and Instagram. And it's, you know, I, I always tweet about, I tweet about like baseball, military and like stuff like that on Twitter. So like, I'm pretty, pretty active on it. Um, Instagram is more of, you know, my, kind of like my life of me and my dog. So there's that. So it's, you know, it's a good time. Okay. We'll be sure to put his uh, handle in the show notes so you can link and you just click right to it and follow him. So Anthony, appreciate you coming on the show, man. This is a fun talk and you've got a really interesting story and you're a well-spoken, like hardworking guy. So we appreciate your perspective here, especially as a, as a non-traditional college baseball player who's living out a, a pretty cool dream. No, yeah, no, I appreciate you guys talking to me. It's, it's, been, it's been, you know, it's been an actual uh, path to get to this, you know, get it right date. <laughs> Logistically, it was it. Logistically, <laughs> yeah, we have to hammer fault. down <laughs> no, Dan's no. schedule. No, it's it's cool. Like I watched you guys with Brian, and you know, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to talk to me and let me come on here and talk to you guys. Yeah, it was awesome. 
appreciate you coming on. And uh, for anyone listening, tune in next week. We'll have a great guest and uh, see everybody next time.